morning. I'm so honored to be with you. I was here at the end of August, and um, I wanted to be back. <laughs> I actually, I head back to, to my family and the team in Iraq tomorrow, so this is my last stop, and I'm very honored, of course, to be here and honored this morning to have my father-in-law and my mother-in-law and brother-in-law, they're right here, and they're, <laughs> my wife, because uh, I'm, if you're, um, notice, of course, I have an accent, I'm not from New Hampshire, but <laughs> so, uh, so I come from an island called Malta, yeah, it's in the Mediterranean Sea, and my wife is from a, my wife is from a different island, it's called Rhode Island, so that's, <laughs> so that's where, uh, my in-laws came from today, so we're blessed with us. And I want to honor as well, as, as you know, the Pharisees, but they're also parents, they're spiritual parents. Um, Brother Bert and Sister Caroline, uh, they were my teachers when I was in Bible school. And uh, I wouldn't be where I am today if that wasn't for them and others like them that have made an impact in my life. So I honor you and thank you. Amen. 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 Yeah, it's a long journey to how we got to Iraq, and I'm not really going to take time to go over that. But I will tell you this, that in 2008, uh, God captured my heart for Muslims. It wasn't really something I decided it was he decided and he did that in my heart and in my wife as well and so we have uh, we moved there in December 2012 um, our team our core team that have came from the United States is actually consists of four families uh, and one single young lady she's from Minnesota family from Chicago fam two families from Colorado yeah <laughs> So they're there right now, and God is really moving in, in, in by His Spirit. And after really all these years that we've been there, I am really honored to tell you that um, Muslims are turning to Jesus. And um, amen. And just as our sister was sharing, I don't know your name, when you were leading worship, and you know, Sarah, you know that... Uh, that they, we want people to experience what we have. And, uh, and that's what's happening among Muslims. They are uh, experiencing what we have. And, um, and um, I know that uh, for many years for the church, uh, reaching Muslims have seemed to be a, a very uh, high mountain to climb and very, um, uh, I guess, difficult but Islam is being shaken, dear brothers and sisters. Uh, Islam is actually falling, and, um, and they're experiencing a, when I say they, Muslims, experiencing a crisis uh, they've never experienced before. There's uh, actually a wave of atheism that's sweeping through Muslim countries, and which is happening in the West too, but not only atheism, there actually, there is a wave of Turning to Jesus, a Christianity that's happening among Muslims that hasn't happened. And these more Muslims 
have turned to Jesus in these last maybe 25 to 30 years, then more than they have come in the, in the whole existence of Islam. And, uh, and like I mentioned, uh, we've been there just over nine years, and every year it's increasing more and more uh, to the point that really our greatest need is laborers. Uh, because there are so many people to teach and to disciple that are asking for Bibles and questions. Um, that is, um, it's just amazing. Uh, and I will read some testimonies, some quotes. I will tell you testimonies, but I'm going to read some quotes of what Muslims are saying just to give you an idea uh, what is happening. And, um, and, um, what is actually happening is this, the more Muslims realize who Muhammad really was, the further away from Islam they are going. And the more they are realizing and seeing who Jesus really is, the closer to him they want to be, and, uh, and the more they want to know about him and they want to know him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And this is why uh, we tell them, we, of course, we obey him and... and um, I, tell, I say this first, even first and foremost, uh, us going to Iraq, primarily first, it's not for Muslims, even though, of course, we're there to reach them, otherwise we won't be there. Uh, but primarily the reason we went, we're going, is because of Jesus. Because of our love for him, whatever we do, we do it as unto the Lord. Wherever you live, as you serve, you do it as unto the Lord. People will disappoint us. People will hurt us. People, you know, will let us down. And about if whatever we do, we do it for Jesus is unto the Lord, we will not burn out and we will continue to run our race. So that's, uh, so yeah, of course, uh, there's the Muslims, they do curse us, they do different things. And, but um, there's a lot of good things that you're about to hear. But again, uh, and, and we get very disappointed. <laughs> Uh, but um, and even people that we've been pouring into, and sometimes it just uh, uh, it really gets disappointing. But again, whatever we do, we do it because of love obeys Jesus. We serve Him. We obey Him. We live for Him. Thank you, Lord. And uh, and what is happening? I think, uh, yeah, you probably know this, but many. Uh, what is happening is many Muslims are having dreams of Jesus. This is a very normal occurring thing that is happening. And you can't argue, uh, as they say, how does it go? The person with the argument is always at the mercy of the person with the experience, something like this. You know, and, and so when they are having these experiences of dreams, um, they, you can't argue this even when... when when God reveals himself as they're sleeping, he comes to them in a dream, their mind is not active. They don't, they're not arguing back or debating. They're just sleeping. And so God is coming into their hearts, into their spirit. And I, we hear so many stories of dreams they're having that I, I forgot so many of them. But I'll t you'll hear a few. And I believe uh, one of the reasons why so many Muslims are having dreams I believe there's different reasons, but one big reason, I believe, is, is Bible prophecy is coming to pass. In Romans chapter 10, I'm going to quote it quickly to you. I'm, I'm not the one that have you turned there because I, I want to gain as much of, use as much of my time that I have. So Romans 10, 19 through 20, 21, it goes like this. 
Um, but, um, but I say, surely Israel did not know, did they? First Moses says, I will make you jealous with those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. And Isaiah is so bold to say, I was found by those who did not seek me. I have revealed my, myself to those who did not ask for me. But for Israel, he says, I have spread out my hands all day long to a disobedient and contrary people. And brothers and sisters, this is exactly what is happening in these Muslim countries that surround Israel. That in the natural, they're set on Israel's destruction. But a lot more is happening. They are not asking. They're not seeking him. But he's revealing himself to them. They're not asking for him. But he is coming to them to a contrary people. One, the, the, the main re big reason is to provoke the Jewish people to turn to Jesus, to want what they have. And I, I, I don't have all the time to tell you stories. As you know, uh, in, in the natural Muslim countries, they hate the Jewish people. And, uh, but we, I live this out, okay? I, 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 I'm surrounded by people who were Muslims before. They eat with us. They're in our homes. We, they're part of our community and grown community in different cities. And so I, I know I see this pretty often. And when Muslims come to Jesus, one of the things that happens is they love Israel and they love their Jewish, the Jewish people without any teaching, you know, and, and you know, replacement theology and all that nonsense. Uh, it, it, they, without any teaching... They love the Jewish people. Uh, I, I, I'm, you know, of course, spend young time with young people who are Muslims. Sometimes we work out together, and, you know, and they turn on YouTube and they listen to Hebrew worship. They don't. They were Muslims. They don't understand it, but there was something happening in their hearts to be with their half brother. For those of you, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, uh, they're. The sons of Ishmael and the sons of Isaac. In the, in, in, the book, in the scriptures in Ephesians 2, it says, In Christ, the walls of hostility and the walls of division is being broken down. And out of the two, he makes one new man. And it's happening even in, in our prayer meetings in Iraq, where Jewish believers, they join us. They come from Israel. And of course, people who are Arabs and, and Kurds that were Muslims, one family. There's this amazing love that is just, and this is the family that Jesus is coming back for. The true peace comes when hearts are changed. And hearts are only changed by the truth of who Jesus is and when they know him. There's no other way. If the gospel is the answer for the sin problem in people's hearts. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And Isaiah, he saw this many years uh, ago, and he prophesied this. You know, is, uh, Isaiah has a pretty good track record of his prophecies coming to pass. And uh, we, you can rely on Isaiah's prophecies. And, uh, and <laughs> he said this. He saw something really powerful that I'm about to quote to you from Isaiah 19. That there are people that have labor, believers in the Middle East that have been praying and laboring for years to see this prophecy, what Isaiah saw many years ago. And it goes like this. It's in Isaiah 19, 23 to 25. It says, on that day, 
there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria. Uh, we live in Assyria, so biblical Assyria is, of course, Nineveh, which is an hour drive from where we live. Iraq, Syria, part of Turkey, in, in these Muslim countries. So it says on that day, there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria. That word highway is actually, the Hebrew word is an elevated road. Yeah, from Egypt to Assyria. And the Egyptians will come to Assyria and the Assyrians into Egypt. And they will worship the Lord together. They will serve the Lord together. Whom the Lord shall bless, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my inheritance. And, uh, and it says, uh, yeah, I think I'm switching to the verse. And it goes, Israel will be the third party together with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing on the earth. Now, most of what comes from, what we, most of what you see on the news, what comes from that region is bad news, okay? Uh, you know this. Uh, most of what you see on the news is, 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 is ter terrorism. Uh, you know, they export terrorism and, and, and all kinds of corruption and darkness. And uh, so there's a lot of things that are happening that don't make the, the news that you watch. And, uh, but Bible prophecy is being fulfilled. It says that Egypt, Assyria, and Israel will be a blessing on the earth in the last days. Uh, I, again, I'm, I'm not going to take too much time, but Egypt is a Muslim country. Egypt is already fulfilling, you know, Egypt has a long history of church, even longer than the United States. And most worship music that comes from the Middle East comes from Egypt. Most missionaries that are sent out from the Middle East are sent from Egypt. Uh, they, are sent, they come to Assyria. It's actually happening. And they're, uh, I work with Egyptian missionaries. They are truly a blessing and they're fulfilling it. Or it's only in the beginning. And then it says Assyria. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And, uh, and uh, major breakthroughs are happening for the kingdom of God. As you saw even a little bit in the video. And um, I have uh, also some pretty good news. And I, <laughs> you know, in 2014 when ISIS came, different things happened. And there was a big shift. God moved very strong on my heart. And he told me, believe with me for a prayer movement in Iraq. And that's why the, the really it started happening right after that. We hosted the first 50 hours non-stop worship and prayer. There was chaos going on. All Iraqis wanted to leave the country. But as we were worshiping at the feet of Jesus, you know, and the presence of God started to come. And Iraqis were telling me, Fabian, they said, Fabian, we, when we came to the prayer meeting, it felt like heaven. They, says, they were telling me things like, we don't want this to stop. What changed it? What changed from let's get out of here to like, we don't want this to stop. What changed it? The Holy Spirit, the presence of God. It, it, that's why I was telling them, I said, sure, God will use the military, you know, to stop ISIS and all these things. I do believe there is a purpose in that. But I was telling them, we cannot rely on just bombs, <laughs> you know. We, the, the, our refuge is God himself, the presence of God. And he did that, and it's been growing and moving and and. Hallelujah. And uh, another thing was uh, David that is on my team. 
I mean, we lead the work together there. And he had a dream of that same summer, which was 2014 when ISIS came. And, um, uh, and, and he had a dream of stadiums being filled and, and in Iraq. And there were people worshiping and praying. And the gospel proclaimed and many miracles and signs and wonders were happening. And we experienced the beginnings of that. And you saw in some uh, meetings happening open air. Uh, David sent me a video of just three days ago, something like that. And he was preaching outside of a mosque. Uh, two, exactly two months ago, I got to preach the gospel in a mosque. Uh, and and, and uh, another time, it was in May of last year. In an area, okay, are you ready for this? Uh, it's an area that they call the Triangle of Death. And because so many troops have died there. And, uh, but, brothers and sisters, Jesus, God loves these people. He loves them. Can you let that sink in? <laughs> he loves them. They are just as important as you and I are. They have children like we have children. They have feelings like we have feelings. They struggle with depression. They struggle with addiction. They have worries of their family, of their children, like any of us. Just like us. They're just like us. They've just been born and brought and grow up into a lie. But they need to know the truth. And God made a way that this is not because they like my accent. <laughs> this is not because we're very nice and kind. Only God did this. And, uh, and so we were in the Shia mosque. It's a, it's a yeah, Muslim mosque. And, and, for, and, and for 20 minutes, I preached. Jesus to them, and crucified, the whole thing, this is the gospel, yes, they denied Jesus died on the cross, but I, I don't care, I, you know, I care about truth, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so, and by the end of the 20 minutes, hands starting to go and up all over that mosque, believe in the gospel, outside the, that mosque, we helped widows, as we were giving bags of food, and and there were boxes of Bibles, and they were taking them home with them in an area that has been unreached with no church, but now there are believers. Hallelujah. And that happened again exactly, exactly two months ago. It happened again in a different mosque. And this time, uh, for 10 minutes, I managed to preach. And we shared, we had words of knowledge, and... Uh, and shared testimonies, and then I got up, and I managed to speak in there for 10 minutes. And uh, by the end of the 10 minutes, I you know, the kingdom of God was there, okay? The, the kingdom of love, the kingdom of life and power. And, uh, and people were healed. There was two uh, older women that were almost completely blind. I mean, they could not see faces, and God opened. God healed them. And, uh, and, and one of them was crying because she, start, she was able to see her daughter again. And, uh, and, and, and Jesus did that. You know, he's alive and he's here this morning the same way. And that just as that, that woman, that widow is important, you're important. All you're equal created in his image. He cares for your needs. Amen? He cares for what you go through. He cares what, my, what I go through. He is loved. He, you will never find anyone that loves you the way he does. Yeah, 
Amen. And so, uh, and I, I, I told you I will read some quotes of what Muslims are saying. We, we use social media, Facebook and Instagram, in one way is that we reach them. And because of the internet, as you know, it can be used in a bad way, but it's used in good way too. It's a tool. It's a tool. And so we can get to cities and areas in Iraq that we haven't been to yet. That there is no church, there is no witness of Jesus. And so they, you know, they're on the internet. And so we send them things to tap on and go like this. <laughs> and, uh, and we just send them the gospel. It's happening. Yeah, and while I'm here, I'm seeing messages. And uh, it's continually going through the internet. And they're connecting with us in many different cities. And I tell you, uh, many are turning to Jesus to the point that, uh, that when we teach our classes, we stream it on private groups on the internet. And they log in and they watch from many different cities. And, uh, and then our goal is to, of course, visit and meet them in person and start seeing, you know, the church. Uh, start seeing people build relationships with one another, overcoming fear of trust and all of this and, and, and started forming together because this, the church, as you know, is made of a family, a spiritual family that being fit together to be the habitation of God's presence on the earth that Jesus is coming back for. And, uh, and, and pray for these young girls because it's very difficult, uh, especially for the young, young ladies in this culture because they cannot leave the home to come and meet with us and go back. Normally, uh, with the girls, the father should be present or the brother should be present. And it makes it very difficult to connect with us. And, uh, and so they're just at home, you know. And, you know, they are sisters, right? They are your sisters. They are spiritual family. And, uh, and I know we don't want to see them being forced into some Muslim marriage, it's a lot of challenges, and I, we need Jesus. So I'm, I'm, let me quote some of this. You're, you ready? So this one is 20. He, uh, there's many. I just handpicked a few. And uh, this one is 20 years old. A uh, young man. I, I, I met him there in Baghdad, and we meet in coffee shops. And, uh, and so I started t explaining to him about God being a father. And... Uh, after a few minutes, he said to me, I want to be baptized. I told him, well, okay, hold on. I said the first things first. And so, uh, so I'm explain, again explaining to him about a born-again experience and, and what it means to be in a relationship with him, to experience him. And, uh, and then he started telling me these words. He said, I feel I am leaving one world and entering into a new world. And then he says, I want to go into this new world quickly. <laughs> And then after, <laughs> and after a conversation of about two hours talking with him, um, oh yeah, he, he, yeah he, also, he was saying this, he says, I feel all the events of my life, what I've been through, is to lead me to this moment right now. And then I, uh, as we uh, finished talking and uh, we, we prayed with him, I laid hands on him, and he started to cry. And then after, you know, got done crying, I uh, asked him, what's happening? He told me, I feel I am coming out of a hole, out of a cave. When he gave me the Bible, I felt like you, you handed me a rope that's pulling me out of this hole. 
This young man is being taught, discipled. He's full of light. I just saw him before I came on this trip. He's amazing. He's a young man. Um, let me move on. This one, 18-year-old young woman. It's similar with many same things they say. How can I start seeking about Christianity? Which books should I read? Please tell me about Jesus' disciples and send me the Bible app. Another one, 18 years old. I want to understand how Jesus is God. You forgive ISIS after all they did to Christians? How can this be? ISIS kidnapped and killed many of my relatives. I see now what is right between Islam and Christianity. Can you tell me more about Jesus from the Bible? Can you tell me how I can pray? What do Christians do when they meet together at the church? What is the meaning that Jesus is the Lamb of God? I am in the stage of searching for truth. Send me a Bible. I will read and I will send you questions. A few days later, how can I follow Jesus? This one, a 23-year-old young woman. I am motivated to search about Christianity because Islam forces violence on women and permits lying. Islam permits husbands to hit their wives and permits brothers to hit their sisters. I do not want my daughters to grow up in this way. What does the Bible say about husbands? What does the Bible say about adultery? These are the things they are asking. Uh, this one, she is 27 years old. I want to be a Christian. How can I be a Christian? I had a dream and a man in the form of light gave me bread and said, this is a gift from Jesus. I told him, but I'm a stranger. The man said to me in the dream, because he loves you. Later on, she wrote, she says, I want my two sons to follow Jesus. And then later she wrote, she said, Jesus has set me free from sin and I hate Islam. This one, she's, uh, are you getting bored listening to this? Okay, I, I didn't think so. But anyway, uh, so this one, she is 23 years old. She said, how can I join Christianity and be one of Jesus' followers? A few days later, she says, I had uh, three dreams of Jesus and this time, I heard Jesus' voice in a dream speaking to me directly. And he said this to me. Blessed is he who believes in me. <laughs> and uh, so later on, a month later, she wrote us. Of course, we have a team interacting with all of these. She says, I'm very grateful for grace and faith. I was blind, but now my eyes are open to Jesus. And I have found the true God. She's attending our classes, yeah. This one, another one, she's 18 years old from a city called Karbala. She goes like this, my parents are Muslims, but I don't believe in Islam. She said, Islam does not make sense. Amen. <laughs> and uh, it, it doesn't. Uh, so it tells you the power of deception. But anyway, she goes on and says, at first I was atheist, but in the last few months, I started to believe that there is a God. Then when, then when I started searching uh, about the true God and then when I heard about Jesus and all he did on the cross, I realized that I was lost. Then I found him. I don't deserve to be a Christian. Did you hear that? I don't deserve to be a Christian. Brothers and sisters, I'll just say this. We should, you hope we all, you all do, should feel so privileged and honored to inherit his name. It costed his blood and his suffering to save us and to have his inheritance 
of his love, of his spirit in us, and have his name. That's why we should live up to his name. To represent him. Whenever we do, we do it unto his name. In his, names, in his name, we represent him. It's a privilege. We don't deserve it, but he loves us. And so these Muslims are realizing that they don't deserve it, but they're just honored. So she goes like this. Um, okay, I don't deserve to be a Christian, but I want to know what I need to do next. How can I join a church? Can you tell me how, I, uh, how to pray? I now believe that God is my father and I am his daughter. Almost done with these testimonies. Another one here. Uh, she's a mother. And she started messaging us on Facebook and uh, to the point like really like begging us to visit them in their home to pray for their daughter because her daughter uh, was a demon possessed. And uh, I know there's people who don't believe in, in these things. Uh, but brothers and sisters, Muslims believe people are demon possessed more than people in this country. <laughs> and uh, because it's real, okay, this is, uh, it's, it's, it's real, okay. And so, uh, so and, 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 and what Muslims do when people, when family members are experiencing demons, they take them to mosques. And uh, for those of you that don't know, they, they, they take them to mosques to try to set them free. But of course, they don't get free. And what they do, they actually beat them with sticks, uh, like to trying to get the demons out. And as you know, that doesn't work. It makes it worse. And so they, they're oppressed. Uh, and so we finally made it to their house. Of course, we had to travel and all of this. And we had a young uh, girl, believer, came Iraqi that was with us. And we made it. And the parents were there in the front room. And they brought their daughter. She's in her early 20s. Um, and so we started sharing, David uh, with me, and he started sharing first, explaining the gospel. As soon as he mentioned Jesus on, about the cross, what he did on the cross, her father uh, just, uh, they were sitting on the floor, but her father like jumped up and he, he said, no, 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 Jesus did not die on the cross. You know, they, they, that's what they tell them. And so we answered back and we said, no, 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 Jesus did die on the cross. Just listen. And... Um, and uh, because uh, they, they need help. And, uh, and so we, after we get done explaining the gospel, the daughter that we were supposed to, uh, about to pray for, she jumps up and tells her parents, I want to be a Christian. Yeah, that's a big thing uh, you know, in front of her parents. And so I looked at her dad and I told him, what do you think about this? Her father answered me with this. He says, I want proof. I want evidence. <laughs> and he said, I've taken her to all these mosques and they're all liars. And he says, if Jesus can set her free, uh, then you can uh, make her a Christian and she can follow Jesus. And, uh, and, and so, as you know, that is right. He should have evidence and he should have, have proof. Because as the Bible says... The kingdom of God is not in a matter of word or talk only, but it's a matter of demonstration of the, His Spirit and power. God is not a, a big talker. God is life and He backs up what He says. Uh, his word and His Spirit are not separated. He's one. So therefore, whatever He speaks, He does. It's, not, it's inseparable. And so that's why he demonstrates his spirit and his power. And as you know, 
uh, when, his fa- when her father said this, and you know it's going to get good because, uh, you know, he's setting himself up. And God loves people. Again, he loves them. And he came to set captives free. He came to liberate those who are oppressed. And uh, am I in trouble? Okay. And so, uh, and so, so anyway, so then we started to pray for, uh, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm kidding. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and <laughs> so we started to pray for the daughter. I'm hoping that's not my sign to finish. And brothers and sisters, uh, uh, okay, it's nothing that may seem very spectacular, but one thing was happening, and it's simple. That Jesus, <laughs> the kingdom of God, the peace of God started to come in that living room. The peace of God started to come in that home. Everybody started to feel in it. The more we prayed, I st- I'm watching the dad, you know. And, I, and I'm watching him and I'm seeing his face changing and he's closing his eyes, he's relaxing. And then I start to see tears rolling down his face. And then we continue to pray, and I start to, and then he broke down sobbing and crying. You know, it's his daughter. And I'm sure, I know, he never felt what he was feeling that moment. Who knows all the thoughts that are going through his mind. Maybe this could be it. And um, we move on. We left. The mother started to message us as we're driving back to where in the city there, and, um, and she started sending messages like this. She says, when we, she said, for the first time in our life, peace came to our home. She said, for the first time in our life, love came to our home. That mother and daughter, both of them, I just actually just saw them uh, in Baghdad and in, 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 of the church. There was a prayer gathering. They're full of life. The daughter, she's continually listening to Bible on audio and praying for her family. This is the emerging church that is growing in the Middle East. A blessing to the ends of the earth. A blessing. It's the work of my hands. Isaiah prophesied, Assyria will be the work of God's hands. The answer is found when hearts are changed through the good news of Jesus. That he took the pain, that he took sin on his body on the cross so that we would be one with God. I'm not ready yet. But. So, uh, 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 this young lady, her name is Sarah, 20 years old. Sarah, you're Sarah. Yeah, she's, no, this one, she's 20 years old. She's in Baghdad. And uh, very amazing, the experience with Jesus. She said this. Okay, okay, they're there to support. So she said this. She says, I'm convinced that, look what she said. I, I'm, I feel I'm just getting started. But anyways, uh, she says, I'm convinced to be a Christian without seeing a dream or a vision. This is how much normal it is for Muslims to have dreams and visions from God that she says, I'm convinced to be a Christian without seeing a dream or a vision. She says, I'm no longer slave. I am God's daughter. 
and I am glad I am one of his sheep. I know God loves me and wants me to worship him. I do not want to hurt his heart. Yeah. I'm, yeah. And, uh, and she goes, I know God loves me and wants me to worship him. Oh, I read that. She says, why all these years I did not know the truth? You know, she's 20 years old. Why all these years? <laughs> Typical young person. <clears throat> she says, I used to pray as a duty only. She says, I feel guilty because I am not baptized yet, but I believe God will give me the opportunity. I will fast with Jesus as he did many years ago. And she fasted with him. <laughs> uh, she did. I feel I am born again with a new life. My sister told me, I feel you became pure. I know he chose me from the beginning and revealed himself to me in different ways. I love speaking to him directly. I am very grateful for your discipleship classes. I memorized five worship songs in my heart. I feel I am a new person when I speak with God. He listens to me. I'm not talking to a statute. He's the only God that has helped me in time of grief. Another testimony. This one is a young man. Um, as a young man, he's Yazidi. It's another people group. Uh, it's a long story. But anyways, uh, it's there very been a, a hard people group to reach. And so, um, and so we meet with him uh, in, in Mosul. Uh, at the, he goes to university, and, and there's coffee shops right across the street, and, and he comes and meet with us, again, connected through the internet. And so the first time we met with him, I asked him, why are you interested in Christianity? And then he told me, it was during the night, and I heard a voice, and the voice in the night told me, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange of his soul? He said, then the next thing the voice said to me, of course, in a dream, he says, uh, do not worry about your life. What are you going to wear? What are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? And he says, we live in a refugee camp for years. We worry about what we're going to eat. He got up. He says, I thought somebody was in the room. That voice was that real. He says, I realized it was a dream. I went to the internet and I looked up those words. And of course, he says, I realized those were the exact words of Jesus. Isn't it exciting and encouraging when Jesus quotes himself from the Bible? <laughs> yeah. He trusts his word. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, so when he pulled up the words on the internet, uh, a, a, a page of a radio station, that ex a Christian radio station that meets right above our prayer room, and they, they send him uh, the Bible, the Jesus film, the Jesus film. And uh, he watched it. He said, I realize it was, he is more than a man. a man. This young man is giving him his life and he's following Jesus. And there's more to it. But uh, hallelujah. That's just a taste of good news of what Jesus is doing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm, I have just a few words just to finish up. To just, I, I felt from my heart to share these with you. They're very simple. Um, but yet, I, want, I believe that God will touch your heart and, and stir your heart to live your life to the full. Uh, dear brothers and sisters, when Jesus lived his life on this earth, of course, he's alive. But when he physically lived on the earth, he did not live for a very long life on the earth. But he lived a full life. It was full 
of God's purposes, his plan, the Heavenly Father's plan for him. He lived his life to the full. And that's why we are to desire, of course, God's word has promises of long life and we are to desire that. But we should desire even more than a long life. We are to desire a full life. A life that is full not with our plan or our ideas because really it's really boring to be honest. But we want to desire a life that is full of God's original plan for our life. Full of love, full of obedience to His words, full of His Spirit and working in us and through us. There is no greater honor, brothers and sisters, of course, to be in relationship with Jesus, to know Him. Not know about Him, but know Him and walk with Him and watch Him live in you and through you. And then when we stand before Him, He wants to reward us of what He did in us. <laughs> you know, there is no one like Him. He's just... He's God. He's amazing. He actually even wants to reward us of what He suffered for. He wants to include us of what He's doing on the earth to touch lives. Again, the most valuable things in this life. I know we put alarm system on our houses and on our cars because there's they're the most valuable uh, material things that we have. And, uh, but even more valuable than material things are, of course, our family, our parents, our, our sons and daughters and, and, and brothers and sisters. You know, people are valuable. And, and, uh, and, and the other thing that is valuable is His Spirit on the earth. So what it boils down to even more valuable than the material things is God, His Spirit with us and people. And our goal is to live for that. To see people touched to see people experience what we have. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And so we have, again, uh, we have only one life to live. One life is all we get. One, one chance, of course, if we miss it, God he, he forgives us and restores us. But one life is all we have. And we want to make it count for God. This is not, as you know, God does not... Uh, 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 bring us into some religion and to do religious things. No, he brings us into relationship, into life. And in return, we live for him. There is a divine exchange that happens when we come to Jesus with our hearts. The divine exchange is this. We give him our life and he gives us his life. It's a divine exchange in return. And then it's why it is the most beautiful thing to surrender our hearts our minds, our life, our, our years, our money, to surrender it to Him, for Him. Because in exchange, He's going to give us His life, His love, His plan, His kingdom. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And, and as it says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, uh, when it says, when it talks about if any man being Christ, he's a new creation. And all things have passed away and all things now are from God. And it goes, now all these things are from, from God. It says that these, now all things, all things now, it starts to come from God. And it goes on to say in that chapter in verse 15 that he, referring to Jesus, he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised. 
brothers and sisters, when we come to Jesus, we no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died for us and rose from the dead. I no longer live for myself. Of course, we have responsibilities. I have responsibility for my wife, for my children, and, and people I am in relationship with. And God knows those things. In fact, we are, we are to be a, a true witnesses by being responsible for our family. But, and God knows that we can fulfill those responsibilities, but still, primarily, we are living for Him. We are living for God. We are doing His will. In Romans 12, 11, it says, do not, of course, Paul is writing these words in Romans 12, 11, And he says, do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Do not be slothful or do not be lacking in zeal. Everyone, do not be lacking in zeal when it comes to God. But be fervent, fervent in spirit. That word fervent is like boiling in spirit. This is who God is. God is a holy fire, a consuming fire. It, 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 it explains to him the fire of love, but like passion, zeal. This is who God is. This is not uh, we, what we call, oh, that's all emotions. This is the nature of God. So there is a purpose of God's spirit in you, in me. There is a purpose why we are, the, the Holy Spirit and fire comes in our lives. You still here? There is a purpose why on the day of Pentecost in that upper room in Jerusalem years ago, and when the Holy Spirit fell on that first church, it, it appeared on their heads, divided tongues as of fire. There was a purpose for that. It wasn't just so they can be nice people, okay? There was a purpose that the tongues of fire came on their heads so they will have the ability and the power to not live for themselves, but in the midst of opposition, in the midst of darkness, in the midst of sin, they will bring light and they will bring truth even though there's people opposing them. It's actually the power, the ability to represent Jesus in this life. The fire comes in our life to overcome sin. Yeah, it's, it's true the power of the Spirit that we put to death the deeds of the flesh. When people ask me what's it's some of your greatest challenges in Iraq, I used to say, you know, the corruption that we deal with. But even more than the corruption, the greatest challenge is sin. Just like it is a challenge everywhere else in the world. A man of God by the name Charles Finney, that he, powerful revivals in this part of America. His name is Charles Finney. And he said this, he said, sin is the most expensive thing in the universe. Sin have destroyed lives, destroys lives. Sin destroys marriages. Sin destroys families. Sin destroys what people have worked for years. Sin stains the name of Jesus. It stains the church. There's things happening in, even among, you know, in, the, in churches. That it's, it's, it's just so embarrassing and it's a bad witness that happens. And then people look like, see the church. It stains. And we, we have to be the power of His Spirit in us. And His fire is to keep burning in our hearts to overcome temptation. 
to overcome the desires of the flesh because it wars against our soul. Yes. Sin cost governments millions and billions of dollars. Even it cost governments money. Yes, the, 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 all the, the programs, uh, what do you call it? Just so many even things to try to help people because of sin. Like all the, the prisons, the jails, the, pro, the, the, the making, you know, supporting this, supporting that. Well, it's all because of sin. It costs so much money. And the answer is in the blood of Jesus. The answer is in the truth of who God is and people turning to him. This is why we have the Holy Spirit and fire is to overcome this. To, to overcome sin. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The fire is in, it comes for a purpose, and that is so that we can follow Jesus. So that we can follow him. Jesus is Lord. He owns us. Your life is not your own. You have been bought with a price. And that price is the blood that Jesus shed. And when he shed his blood on the cross, he shed it to liberate you from sin, from, from depression. Uh, you know, from basically being distant away from him. He shed his blood for that reason. But also he shed his blood to buy you back for him. Because you belong to him. He created you in his image. You are made after his likeness. Your life is important. Everybody here that is listening and watching in the other room, your life is important. Your life matters. Your part counts. No matter how old or young you may be, you are important to God. You are made in his likeness. And your obedience toward following Jesus affects all of us. It matters. It's one family. It's one body. Your part is important. Hallelujah. Yes, it is. Amen. When Jesus said all the time, he said these words when people came to him, follow me. Follow me. Is it important to be part of a church? 100%. 100%. It's the family of God. He's we, we join, when we join Jesus, we join his family. But before, he, he didn't actually say go to church. He said, follow me. And when you truly say follow Jesus, you're going to be part of his body and his family. Yes, follow me, he said this. Take up your cross and follow me. Over and over, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You know why? He can say that because he's Lord. He's God and he expects us to follow him. There is no confusion in heaven as to who is in charge. <laughs> he is the one sitting on the throne and he has the original plan. You know, Saul that became Paul in the, in the Bible, you know he was a very violent man and he was persecuting Christians. You know about Paul. And he was putting, at that time, he was putting Christians in prison. You know, and he did it out of religious zeal. And on his way, as you know, on his way to Damascus in Syria, uh, he had a very powerful encounter. And a light shone from heaven and he fell to the ground. You know, this bright light that actually he couldn't see for three days. 
prophets perish. <laughs> and so for three days, he couldn't see. And as he fell on the ground because of light shining from heaven, you know what Paul said? Who are you, Lord? That voice answered, this is Jesus whom you are persecuting. The next thing, what must I do, Lord? What do you want me to do, Lord? It didn't take Paul years to realize that if he is Lord, then he has a plan for me. It didn't take him years sitting in church meetings trying to be convinced that his life doesn't belong to him. It belongs to God. All it took is one experience with God, one encounter with Jesus that he realized if you're Lord, you have a plan. If you're God, you have a plan for me. And he has a plan for every one of you that's here this morning and listening. He has a plan for you. And that should be our response. What must I do, Lord? What do you have for me? He is Lord. The word Savior is found in the Bible about 37 times. The word Lord is found about 7,836 times. You see the picture, he expects us to follow him. The word Christians is found in the Bible about three times. The word believers is found about 26 times. The word disciples, students is found over 300 times. That is the picture. I, I, I'm, I heard many testimonies and stories of what he's doing in this church, in this community. Uh, I've watched a little bit of what happened even two Sundays ago. And, and, and just I'm hearing many testimonies of what God is doing in your midst of repentance and turning your life over. I want to encourage you today to, to surrender all, to follow Jesus. He has the original plan. God forbid that you experience God, but don't really follow him all the way. Amen? Yeah, and I tell you that is the best life. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm almost done. We are to live, as, as the scripture tells us, to live in the light of eternity. This is why we have his spirit and his fire in our lives. There is a purpose for that. It's so that we don't live for the things of this world. So we don't let our roots sink too deep into the soils of this earth. The scriptures tell, uh, refers to us as pilgrims just passing by. This life here is very short. As a man by the name of Leonard Ravenhill would say, this life down here is a dressing room for eternity. That's all it is. This life here is so short, but we try to hold on to it so close. We have a place. Jesus is preparing a place for us in heaven. <laughs> you know, in Iraq, the electricity goes out all the time. You know, I often think of like in, in heaven, there is not going to be electricity going out. <laughs> Do you believe Jesus? Do you believe that what he said is true? Do you know when he says, I go to prepare a place for you? He says, in my father's house are many mansions. And he says, if it were not so, I would have told you. <laughs> you can trust Jesus 
I'm praying that you will be believing believers and that you will doubt your doubts. <laughs> and you will doubt all fear and you will doubt all unbelief and you will doubt and, and get rid of all discouragement and all the voices that are telling you to try to hold on to the things of this life so close. Jesus said if you save your life, you will lose it. But if you lose it for him and for his sake, you will find the God life that he intended for you to have. Amen. Hallelujah. He is preparing a place for us. Make sure today that your name is written in the book of life. Make sure that you live your life to the full. We, are, we live in an hour, in a generation that is, that is continually telling us, live for yourself. Isn't this the selfie generation that we live? Love yourself. Love your good. Love your bad. Self-care. <laughs> you know, accept yourself the way you are. Love your bad. Love everything. Oh, don't offend me. I don't like it. I don't. Everything that, that what we see on the even coming through the internet, you. It's all about you. And yes, we are valuable. We are made in his image. Yes, your life matters. It says that for those of us that have hair, it says that your name, he numbers the hair on your head. He, no, no, no. I'm still holding on to mine. But, and, uh, and so God cares about every little thing. Yes, your life is important. But remember, in exchange, we give him our love. He gives us yours. Then it's no longer about us. The founders of the Salvation Army, William and Catherine Booth, Catherine Booth said these words. She says, you, I'm not sure, she says, you are, you are not here for yourself. You are sent here for others. <laughs> she says, you are not sent in this world for yourself. You are sent here for others. And when we obey him, we get to see Jesus change lives. We get to see Jesus being glorified because he is worthy and he deserves it. Hallelujah. Passion for people, my last point. <laughs> the purpose of the fire of his spirit, the fire of his love that comes upon those who give them his life, give him their life, is to give us a true love and passion for people. To fulfill the great commission that he gave to the church. In Matthew 24, 14, Jesus says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as witness to all nations, and then the end will come. This is what His Spirit, His fire does in our hearts. A passion to see that fulfilled. Every tongue, every tribe, for us who live in Iraq, we understand there's, I don't think, about 300 different tribes in Iraq. It says every tongue, every tribe, every people group, every nation, everyone is important. And this good news of Jesus must be preached throughout the whole world. As a witness to all nations and then the end will come. He invites you and me to see it fulfilled. He invites you to see it come to pass. 
join what Jesus is doing on the earth. Your life is not yours. It belongs to him. Give yourself in different ways to see that come to pass. Of course, it starts where you live, here, to serve. Amen. Just serve, serve. Do your all that in you, that he does in you to give it to what you have, give to others. You are touched to touch others. God touches you to touch others. What God does in you is not just for you, it's for others. Yeah, it's not just for me. Of course, if I do bad, the closest to me will be affected, like my family and others. But if I obey Jesus and I am filled with his spirit and his love, then others will benefit. It applies to you. And there is no limit to how much God gives his spirit to those who hunger and thirst. He does not give his spirit with a measure. But use whatever his spirit is giving you for. Use it and more will be given to you. If you want more love, give love. If you want more of his spirit and fire in your life, give it to others and more will be given to you. We are not promised a pond. We are promised rivers of living water. It's meant to let it out. It's meant to give it to those who are hurting. It's meant to give it to those who are suffering. That they need to experience what you have. Overcome your fears. God will help you. The purpose of his spirit and fire is to overcome the fear of man. People will laugh at us. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> people may mock us. People may do things. But who cares? Let them laugh. If, I, if our eyes are set on Jesus, we, we just let it slip like a water on a duck's back. You know? So what? Their life is more important. Sure, Muslims curse and saying this and this. But look what is happening. Look what is happening. Sure, they say this, those things. And we just let it go like this. And we keep our eyes on Jesus and we keep speaking the truth. And then captives will be set free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Captives will be set free. Look, you may be called uh, as, a, as a business people. You may be called to work in a prison, in jail. You may be called to work for a company and different things like this. Whatever it is that you may be. But wherever you are, your relationship with Jesus can affect others. Something can happen in you that will start touching others, brothers and sisters. I didn't have all this love in the beginning. I didn't. It's God did that. Let's stand together right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll, uh, we, we're going to, you know, just a moment, we're going to give time, you know, for those of you uh, that may truly want to surrender everything, their lives to Je your life to Jesus. This is a divine appointment. We're going we're gonna to just take an offering for Fabian, for the mission in Iraq. Um, I'm, I'm fully in support of what he's doing, and it's, it's, you know, even in agreement with our church, reaching and expanding church into the cities and the nations. And... So I want to I wanna bless him, and I know this. He will take everything and multiply harvest over there. And they're, they're constantly trying to do these kinds of things. So if, if you'd like to give the ushers, are going to pass um, the baskets. And then also, if you want to give online, you can text to give Fabian, F-A-B-I-A-N. And it will go in there, and we'll be able to give him one big check here. So, um, but 
Amy, come on back up here. So we're just going to pass those so we could just let him finish up to what's on his heart. And um, but please, let's just let's just bless this work in Iraq. Well, and, and possibly some other nations too here. Like God's going to expand this. Father, I thank you for your love, for your love, for your voice. So I want to uh, just give you really an opportunity to experience what you heard. And it's an invitation. Uh, if you are not in a relationship with him, you have the opportunity to, to, to really to just respond to his voice, to not let uh, anything really what people think. And what matters is, is, is God pleased, you know, is God uh, receiving what he suffered for, and that is to bring you to himself. And so if you not fully, truly done that, and give your life over as Jesus, as Lord of your life, this is the opportunity to make it to come and respond, come forward. I want to pray for you. You may be here and maybe you're in pain. Um, also, we want to pray with you. I know we prayed earlier this evening, uh, this morning we prayed earlier, but if you're here and, and, and you still want to be prayed for, uh, you, this is an opportunity to do that also. Remember, the kingdom of God is not in talk only, but it is in power. So I'm going to pray now, and if you need to respond to Jesus, if you don't know him, if you haven't surrendered everything, if you want to give him everything, your life, to live your life to the full, I want you to come wherever you are in the other building as well, the other room. Amen. I'm going to pray right now. As I pray, if you need to come, please do come, respond, and respond to Jesus. Remember, if, he's, if you're ashamed of him, he will be ashamed of you. But if you are not ashamed of him, he will not be ashamed of you when you stand before him. He's preparing a place for you. You want, you want to make sure your name is written in the book of life. You want to make sure that you are living for him and not for yourself. You want to make sure that you are doing his will. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your spirit, for your voice. I thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have paid such a price to seize the opportunity to know you and to be liberated from the depression, to be liberated from emptiness, to, to be liberated from the consequences of not being close to you and know you. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for the power that there is in your blood to liberate every captive to set free every oppression, to set free every addiction, to set free every bondage, to set free every known sin, secret sin, whatever it is, to, uh, to liberate those from the works of all the enemy. In Jesus' name, I thank you for bringing life and healing to physical bodies. I thank you for peace instead of fear and worry. I thank you for love, uh, for love instead of anger and hatred. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, if you need to come, I invite you to respond right now. And just, we want to pray with you. These ushers and leaders will pray with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus.